when LeBron James came out and said, Beta O'Rourke is the best candidate for Senator of Texas. And I was like, you live in Ohio. Right. You have no idea what Texans want. And then Ted Cruz comes in and just crushes him. LeBron, don't open your mouth about things you don't know about. To Revelations, the place where we communicate truth to power. I am Cole Johnson, and I am so thankful that you are able to join us. Now, this next guest, how can I describe him? New England is swimming all in his blood, just like college and pro football. He's unafraid to talk about life and mix it in with sports coverage, and he's willing to talk about sports or the broadcasting industry with any of them. Ladies and gentlemen, the host and producer of the Fifth Down Sports Show, Mr. Chris Dietz. And this is his revelation. How you doing, sir? Hey, how you doing, Cole? Uh, everything is good. Everything's good. Uh, everything is wonderful, man. Glad that you're able to join me, man. And uh, I hope that this experience is going to be a good one for you because uh, I, I really appreciate getting to know you over these uh, over this past year. It, it's been it's been a wild it's been a wild ride, and you know <laughs> I'm I'm so I'm so thankful to to you guys. You know I look I look forward to. Um, to coming on, uh, you know, Snowman in the morning. I look forward to that. I look forward to that almost as much as I look forward to doing Fifth Down. Um, mm. and you know, getting in the chat room every day. It's it's yeah. definitely a, it's definitely a fun time. You know, yeah. get to express express myself a lot more. And mm. uh, I'm just thankful for you guys for having that that kind of a platform. Yeah. Um, and you know, you meant you mentioned a lot of. Of, of the broadcasting, you don't get that a lot from, especially the, especially the media out here. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to, and I, I've listened to sports radio my whole life. It's one of the things like if you had a different opinion than them, it was like, Oh no, uh, we don't want to talk about that right now. Like you would talk to a, you'd get on the phone with a producer and be like, I want to talk about I want to talk about this that Steve just said. Oh no, we're done with that topic. It's like uh, I called you. Like I'm calling your show. I want I yeah. want to engage. And it was like, no, nah, no, nah, we we we're, we're not doing that. It's like that mm-hmm. that was kind of the foray for me to be like, that's not how. And that it, it kind of shaped how I run my show. Right. With like, if somebody wants to talk, I don't care what I'm talking. I don't care if I'm I don't care if I'm talking about the NFL and somebody calls up, I want to talk about hockey. 
all right, we're switching to hockey like right now right. because that's what the call, that's what a mm-hmm. caller, that's what a listener wants to talk about. Yeah, and it's 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 really it's really cool that that you guys engage in all of that, and yeah. I've really tried to put that in my show. So you guys yeah. are helping helping shape me. I'm helping shape you guys. It's all Definitely. it all it all goes full circle. That's and that's the beauty of just anything. Uh, to to think that you are. Uh, to, to think that you are better than somebody else and you project that energy. No, 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 no. We, we all can stand to learn something from somebody and we're going to learn a whole lot about you, sir, because, uh, well, I think we're going to open the way right here. Now, we believe conversation starts when vulnerability enters the room, and obviously, you have no issue with vulnerability. Uh, you mentioned where you uh, where you are. Uh, Guilford is where your roots are. New Haven, which is not that far from Guilford, is where you are now. So, describe the mentality of a New Englander. The mental New England, New England's such a di- such a different place. Um, than the re- than the rest of the country, and you know, I've been, I've I've toured a little bit. I've never lived in another place, but I have I have a lot of friends who are scattered about about the country, so I have a good sense of how people are, and you know, New England's just really different. Where we are very opinionated. But New Englanders are very opinionated, but they're not going to take, and they're not going to take no for an answer. Yeah. Like, um, one, one thing, one, one, one story that showed me this is I, I traveled out to San Diego cause one of my buddies was in the Navy. So he went out, yeah. he went out to San Diego and mm-hmm. I had never, I had never been out to California before. So we went out there, me and my, me and my best friend, Gino went, went all the way out there. And of course, sports are big in our life. And it was an NFL. It was during October. So the NFL was on NFL Sunday. And my, my buddy worked at a bar. So we went down there nine o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning on the West Coast, which is awesome. Yeah. Cause the kickoff in an hour would be when the East <laughs> Coast teams start. Right. Kickoff <laughs> is at one o'clock on the Eastern, which is 10 o'clock on the West Coast. Mm-hmm, right. So we're sitting at the bar and me and my buddy are like, um, we we were talking football on on the plane, and I remember it was it was one year where the Browns were like, oh, the Browns were the Browns, and they hadn't won a game yet, and they were playing the Steelers, and I remember my friend Gino was terrified of flights, terrified. Mm-hmm. So to get him to calm down, we just start. I just started talking to him about sports, and I was like, dude, you're gonna be okay. Like, let's. Right. So we started talking. And I was like, dude. You should see my. I, I was writing a. I, I wasn't doing my show at the time. I was doing my col. I was doing a column actually, mm-hmm. um, and I was picking all the games. And I told him, I said, "Dude, I got a funny feeling. Browns are gonna win this." And he 
starts getting into me. There's no way the Browns are gonna the Browns aren't gonna beat the Steelers. What are you nuts? And I was like, <laughs> no. So we made a so we made a bet. We made a friendly bet on the plane. Oh no. And so we get to the bar, and they don't they they have like three TVs. So we're like, put the Browns. We're like, when we told my friend all about it, he was like, oh my god, I can't believe you guys made this bet. And we're like, all right. We're like, put the Browns game on the big screen. Put the Browns game on the big screen. So me and Gino, who are both Mm -hmm. from New England, we're cheering at this Browns-Steelers game that none of us – my buddy's a Jets fan and I'm a Cowboys fan. So we have no stake in this other than our friendly bet that both of us just want to win. Of course. And this is when a guy guy at the bar goes – just looks at us and goes, dude, you're in California. Nobody cares about the Browns or the Steelers. Why are you guys cheering this much? Right. And that was when I noticed, like, <laughs> we we hear it, especially in Connecticut, where mm-hmm. sports, you know, we're in the middle of Boston, New York. Right. We don't right. have a centralized team. Right. Now, we had the Whalers, and mm-hmm. then that whole debacle happened. <laughs> yeah. But – uh, but so we don't have that. We don't have that. So we mm-hmm. really watch everything. Right. So we get so we get involved in everything. It's why it's why you see a lot of transplants mm-hmm. in in Connecticut. You see yeah. a lot of Giants fans. You see Jets fans. You see uh, Patriots fans. But you also see Vikings fans, Steelers fans, Cowboys fans, Packers fans. Like everybody's everybody's kind of all mixed up because we don't have a centralized team. When you go anywhere else, they're usually centralized to where they are. Like we went out to San Diego. Everybody was a Chargers fan. Everybody was Chargers, Raiders, and and that kind of stuff. And that was all they cared about. And they were like, why do you guys care about this? And we're like, don't worry about it. We got this. But we're the only ones cheering for every, for every game. And, I realized that that's what that's what we are. Like we cheer for our we cheer hard for our teams, but we also pay attention to everybody else because we don't have anybody to really get after. Right. Yeah, that I have noticed. And I'm glad you actually said that cuz I was feeling that energy that you were going to bring in that aspect because I've been wanting to ask somebody, and I'm so glad that I now know somebody who either lives in Connecticut or Rhode Island, just in between Massachusetts and New York. Uh, you're two hours away from New York City. You're two hours away from Boston. Uh, does your area claim either city, or are you staunchly all about Connecticut? Um, where where I live, where I live is is most mostly New York is mostly New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. Um. Especially with my, especially with my family, my family, all my family's from Long Island, so right. Because um, Long Island, and, not that and far then my my yeah. dad, my dad went to school at UConn, and my mom went to University of Bridgeport, so okay. that's why we ended up in Connecticut, mm-hmm. and pretty much all my family's from Long Island, so we pretty much gravitate towards New York, but. I went to school. I went to school at Springfield College in Massachusetts. Right. So we'll talk about that everybody, when I went up there, mm-hmm. everybody claimed everybody claimed Massachusetts. Right. So I'm I'm in I'm in the middle of both, and I don't claim either of them. I mm-hmm. I, I could care less about either either one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I do I do enjoy Boston more than I more more than New York City. 
as far as like where where I would where I would go and where where I would like where I like to to see and sightsee. Mm-hmm. Um, Boston's a bit. Boston's a more a more. Um, I want to say touristy city. Right. New York is kind of everything is just fast. Every mm-hmm. everything is just coming out. If you're not ready for it, New York will eat you alive. Right. You know that sounds all right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, whenever I, I haven't visited Boston yet, I have visited New York a few times, and yeah, it, it's like everything just comes at you. Even as a tourist, it just comes at you fast and furious. And if you aren't prepared for it, I can see how you could be swept under the undertow of the uh, of the inertia that is what New York City brings. So yeah, I totally understand that. I mean, if you're not if you're not paying attention to New York, you'll all all of a sudden you'll be three block three blocks away <laughs> away from where you're supposed to be, and you'll be like, oh, it's right around the corner, and mm. then all of a sudden you're three blocks in the wrong direction, in the other direction, right. and you're like, and you, once you get lost in New York, it you're you're done yeah so it's uh it's a tough place boston is much more is is much more slower you you know there's a lot more there's a lot more stuff it's a lot more spread out so mm-hmm. i i do i do enjoy i do enjoy boston a lot more than okay. than i do new york Deets on the other side. There's a 100% chance of a laugh thunderstorm. Four men with different viewpoints take a movie, show, or documentary and review it uncensored, unfiltered, uncompromised, with no holds barred. Join BS3, Wilkes, King Doc, and H Rap B as they take on Hollywood their own way. BS3 Network proudly presents The Forecast, where HRAP always predicts If I owe you something, I ain't got it. And if you need it, get it from God! Live every Monday at 8.30pm Central. Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. Discouragement. Sorrow distance your arguments cause damage to your family the hurt leads to divorce you feel like there is nowhere else to turn but there is hope for you that's where we come into play there is an overcomer that lives inside of you one ready to take on the world as you leap for joy living in victory you'll grow to love yourself and others There's life after divorce, and you can claim it today. Get Over Divorce, where your new story begins here every Thursday on YouTube and Spreaker. Sports journalist and the host and producer of the Fit Down Sports Show, Chris Deeds, 
Join me here on Revelations. He just opened the way for us all. And now it is time for us to walk across that bridge to prosperity. Now at the bridge, we link childhood lessons to adult application. So sports history is huge with you. That's the one thing I have learned, if anything. (laughs) Uh, In the geographical realm of sports history, which area do you claim more, New York's or Boston's? Uh, I claim claim New York. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, uh, Most of my my fandom uh, comes from New York. Uh, mm-hmm. obviously I'm, I'm a Mets, I'm a Mets fan. And right. that was my, that was my first team. Yeah. My first team was the New York Mets because mm-hmm. my grandfather was a Mets fan and he always made us watch. He always made us watch the Mets games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so baseball, baseball was always, always my first love. And we used to go to Yank. We used to go, we actually used to go to Yankee games a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was really young, we would go to, we would go to the Yankee stadium and I remember we we tried to get um, opening day tickets, and opening day tickets to Yankee Stadium were basically ungettable. Yeah. So uh, having having the Mets there, my parents would they said, well, if we can't get to Yankee Stadium, why don't we get opening day at Shea? And that's you know it it ruined my it ruined my perfect attendance record. At, at school because we used to take the day <laughs> off every every year opening day mm-hmm. we'd take it off go to Shea and watch and watch and watch the game and you know it's it's one of those things I'll I'll always remember going to going to Shea Stadium for opening opening day I'll I'll never forget it's why it's such a special day for me um now as as an adult I love I, lo- I love opening day because I can remember all those times mm-hmm. um. So and and then when the when the Whalers, as I said, the Whalers were here. Right. I was a big Whalers fan because I liked hockey. Right. But when they left, I said, "All right, I'll I'm going to get a new team." And I jumped to the Rangers nice. because my brother was an Islanders fan, so I had to be mm. at I had to be at odds with my brother. So <laughs> so I jumped. That's why I jumped on the Rangers bandwagon. And so I had so I have Mets and Rangers. And then, but I do have that Boston connection because I am a Celtics fan. So mm-hmm. I, 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 that's, that's my, that's my Connecticut in me that I can, I can go to both, I can go to both cities because A, I just hated the Knicks and <laughs> they haven't given, they haven't given me a reason to like them pretty much ever. So it, it was still, so I was, I was perfectly fine jumping, jumping to the Boston Celtics. Um, and football, like I said, football, we, we, we just didn't care. And the, the reason I became a Dallas Cowboys fan is actually the kind of the same reason that mm-hmm. kind of the same reason I became a Rangers fan is, mm-hmm. uh, but my fr- it, but instead of it being my brother, it was my friends around me. Mm-hmm. All my friends were Giants fans. All my friends were Giants, uh, Giants fans, and and uh, the Canes, the Canes across the street were 49ers fans. Mm-hmm. So I had, so I had all of that. And the one game I remember watching was 
when the Washington Redskins were really good and the Dallas Cowboys were 0-13 and and we're watching them play and, you know, we're, we're, again, we only watched like an hour a day. We had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. We're watching them play and I'm like, yo, I'm like, dude, this blue team is awesome. (laughs) And my, um, my, all my friends, you know, they're Giants fans and 49ers fans. They go, Cowboys, they haven't won a game. They stink. I'm like, yo, watch this team. They're going to be nasty. Of course, that was the year they won one game. Mm-hmm. And so all my friends are like, you, they only won one game. And I'm like, what? Just just give it. I was like, give it a couple years. Well, yeah. two, years years later, they that, two years after <laughs> that, they won the Super Bowl. And I was like, see? I was like, see? I told you, I told y'all this was going to happen. And so I basically became a Cowboys fan just to spite, just to spite my friends. And then it blew up into all of that. And then of course I got caught up in all of the, all of the Cowboys of the nineties. So that was when we started watching football for real. And then, you know, it took off from there. Of course, every time I've tried to get out of being a Cowboys fan, they've pulled me back in somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I was thinking about not being a Cowboys fan in high school. And of course I start playing football where I'm a wide receiver mm-hmm. and a corner. Well, who did the Cowboys get? Deion Sanders. Sanders. Deion <laughs> Sanders, who was a wide receiver and, and a defensive a back. <laughs> so it was like this guy. I was like, I can root for this guy. So I started rooting for him and I was like, he plays for the Cowboys. So I'm still a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. When I got out of high school and I was I was really into coaches, which mm-hmm. at the time the Cowboys had Dave Campo, and I was like, well, he stinks. I don't want to be a Cowboys fan because I hate Dave Campo. Who do they pull in? Bill My Parcells. favorite coach of all time, Parcells. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm trying to get away from y'all, and you just keep pulling me back in. So at, after – after the, after Parcells, I was like, "Well, I'm just giving up now. I'm just diving right in. I'm I'm just gonna enjoy enjoy my cowboy fandom." <laughs> you mentioned earlier that you went to Springfield College. You studied phys ed or physical education. Uh, what was your goal with that degree? Well, technically, I studied movement and sports studies. Which is the long-winded, long-winded term for physical education <laughs> teacher. Uh, they, you know, they they try to put they try to put it they try to put as much spin on it as as they can. Oh, it's not it's not phys ed. It's movement and sports studies. And I'm like, come on. It's I'm like I'm here for PE. Get out of the way. Um, no, it's actually funny. Um, when I was I you know I was I was thinking about like I said I grew up and I was thinking about communications and doing. You know, sports journalism or, you know, right. some, something in, in, in radio. Mm-hmm. And when I was a junior in high school, I, I tore my ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, I tore my ACL in my very, in my very first varsity game, very first play. I spun and my knees stuck in the ground and it didn't move. Oh, and, um, I didn't know it was my ACL at the time, but I just felt my knee pop. And ran off to the sidelines. I said, Chuck, what, what, I I don't know what's happening. And he tested it out and he's like, we're going to have to get something on it. I was like, can you just tape it up so I can go back in? I went back in. I finished the game. I didn't know. I had no idea what happened. Um, but be after that, 
he was like, yeah, you can't play the rest of the season. So I was out and the kid who was replacing me was in my English class. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there with him and we're looking at the, the report. We're looking at, we're looking at the scouting reports and everything. I'm teaching them. I'm teaching them all this stuff. I'm like, all right, if they, if they come out like this, you need to move down here. If they have three wide, you need to back up, back up so you can play safe. So you can be the deep safety. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this in the middle of English class. Like we're mm-hmm. watching, we're watching a movie. I forget. I think we're watching a great Gatsby or something. I don't, I, I forget. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know. What we're, I don't even know what we're doing. Cause I was just sitting there teaching this kid how to, how to, how to do, how getting them ready, getting them ready for Friday. Mm-hmm. And, my English teacher, who was the hockey coach, pulls me aside and he said, do you even know what we did today? And I said, uh, no. I was like, I, does it matter? And, oh. he at, and he looked at me and he's like, yeah, I could. He goes, yeah, I could tell. He goes, man, you'd make a good teacher and coach. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it before. I relate almost everything to sports mm-hmm. because it's, it's just how I, it's how I rationalize what, what goes on. Cause it's, it's what's normal to me. Mm-hmm. No, even, even, even things that happen, even things that are happening in the world, like, uh, like new, if a news story comes up, I put it in, I put it almost in perspective of, of sports, of, how how would how would you do how would you deal with this how would a sport how would a sports person deal with this or how does this relate to a game like that that's the way I understand things mm-hmm. and if I can't relate it to sports I'm like eh I can't I'm I'm never gonna figure this out. this alicia you can't hold somebody to that standard if you haven't voiced what you want Mm. and what you're needing from that mika if you're not communicating expectations you're waiting for your feelings to be hurt nicole a lot of people don't want to take the time out to be alone and to get themselves together ivan you got to be willing to work through stuff and from the jump street y'all done had problems maybe you don't need to be working through those bs3 network proudly presents Queen 3 and King Podcast. Live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central. Are you looking for something to do on your lunch break? Well, there's a show on the BS3 Network that has only four words to say to you.
the lunch break with AJ, powered by JM&E. Live weekdays at noon central. Sports journalist and host and producer of the Fit Down Sports Show, Mr. Chris Deeds. He's joining me here on Revelations. He has opened the waves, walked across that bridge, and now it is time to get behind the purpose. Now, behind the purpose is the reason why we function the way we do. And you just got finished saying that, you know, you relate everything to sports. So what got you into sports journalism in the first place? Well, like I said, everything I I was, I was always doing that. I was always doing this. I was always breaking down sports. And finally um, I got, you know, Facebook's a weird thing. And I got into a sports, I got it. I didn't even know groups existed until somebody told me, Oh, there, there are, there are these Facebook groups that you can get in. Mm-hmm. So I jumped in and I jumped into one of these groups and it turned into just basically debating people back and forth, which I basically got tired of, but right. you know, it was fun to go in see what people are thinking and, and meet Mike like-minded people. And mm-hmm. I ended up meeting, a friend of mine, Kim, and she had a hockey show. Right. She had a hockey radio show. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was like, I like, I like Kim and she's got a show. So I'll, I'll support, I'll support her show. And, uh, she took live callers. So I, I was like, I'll mm-hmm. call, I'll call in. Cause I have time. So I called right. into her every, every week I would just, I would call in. And finally she was like, why don't you just do your own show? Mm-hmm. And I was like, is that a thing? I was like, that's a thing. I was like, how, how do, I was like, well, I, I, I don't, I don't even know how to do that, but uh, sure. And so that's how I got, that's how, that's how I got my start is she hooked me up with the, the guy who was running the network she was on mm-hmm. and it just snowballed from there. And I, I looked at the shows that they had, they had, mm-hmm. Uh, her doing a hockey show. They had a baseball show. They had an NFL show, but they didn't have anybody talking about college football. So I said, I'll, I said, I'll, I'll do a college, I'll do a college football show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way you guys can, that way you guys can have all the, all the NFL stuff. And I don't have, I don't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And all I have to do is college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I jumped, so I jumped at, at that chance Got in, started doing my my college football show, and um, it was actually funny. I was I was actually on the phone. I was actually on the phone with Kim while mm-hmm. I was talking to one of my other friend, one of my friends I played softball with at the time, and I was telling him I was like, "They want me to do a radio show," and he was like, "I'll do it with you." I was <laughs> like, "All right." <laughs> I was like, "I have a co-host. All right, let's do mm-hmm. it." So mm-hmm. that was how that's how my show started. It was just like Kim was like, "You want to do it?" And I was like, "Sure." And I was like, "Walrus, you want to jump on this with me?" And he was like, "Sure." He was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." So he would come over my house. He would come over my house, and we would just sit in my living room 
and do the show. And we had no idea. We had no idea what we were doing. I still don't know. I still have no idea what I'm, I still have no idea what I'm doing. I just basically make it up. I mean, make it up as I go along. (laughs) I I have no idea what I'm going to do. I I, I don't plan. I don't plan things out. Like, Oh, I'm going to do this this week. I'm going to do this next week. Like my, my show is basically, all right, what's news in the top, what's topical. And then Mm -hmm. whatever we're talking about, let's just roll with it. And we'll see what we'll see where it goes. Hmm. <laughs> All right, yeah, so you go see your pants type of thing. Okay, I, I think I can understand that. I can totally understand that. Now, we met through a mutual friend of ours, uh, of course, Brian Snow, and, and brother, of course, we love you uh, <laughs> all day, every day. You already know. <laughs> uh, and then I, you just mentioned in the last question that you started to cover college football. And uh, I never heard anybody have such a passion about that particular area. And I, I'm, I'm talking about analysts on national TV, and I'm talking about those who actually played college football, and then they later became an analyst themselves. Where did your passion for college football come from? Well, it came, it, it always came from like like I said, growing up, I, I played football. I played football all the time, but I was one of those kids that I was one of those kids with overprotective parents that I, I, I I would play, I would play, my parents would let me play with, with the, with the neighborhood kids. They, Mm -hmm. they didn't care about that. Right. But playing, you know, uh, organized, organized football. Mm -hmm. Oh, wasn't, wasn't allowed. My parents, I'll get injured. That was, I was told that my whole life. Right. You'll get injured playing that. Yet, we used that we yet we used to play full tackle without pads, you know. They, they had no they had no idea they had no idea what we were. You know, my parents had no idea that sending me off to play with the neighborhood kids, we were full on tackling each other with mm-hmm. no pads and uh, no organized fields. It was you know there was like concrete slabs in the middle of our field, and we didn't mm-hmm. care. Right. Um, but um, I I was since I was always playing with the neighborhood kids, the, the local coach would call my parents every year. You need to sign them up. You need to sign them up. And every year it was the same thing. No, no, he's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. So mm-hmm. my brother is the one I went to public school my whole life. And then all of a sudden my brother got to my brother, who's uh, two years older than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, he got to, um, he got to high school. He it was his. He got to middle school in the eighth grade and was like, "Well, I'm gonna go to Notre Dame high school. I'm gonna go to Notre Dame." And I was like, "Have fun with that, dude. I'm not." I was like, "I'm not going there." Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, when I got to eighth grade, my parents looked at me and said, "Guess where you're going to high school?" And I was like, "Ah, <laughs> dang it!" <laughs> so I made a deal and I said, "Look, my, I said, look, if you're gonna send me there." Oh, if you're going to make me leave all my friends, when I get there, I'm playing football. Mm-hmm. And so we made, you know, my, my parents made that deal and, um, you know, fresh freshman year playing football. It was, it was the same thing. Like I said about the, about, about my Cowboys fandom, how somehow they always drew me back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember my freshman year, my freshman year, I was, you know, there were so many kids on the team 
and I was not I was not playing that much. And I was like, this is useless. I, I don't really want to do this anymore. Um, and of course, as I said that, my I told my coach, and my coach said, just stick it out for one more week. And I was like, okay. Of course, that game I catch a touchdown, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, now I feel good about this. So I, mm-hmm. I was like, now I'll stick around. Now I'll stick around to this, and right. it turned out being being what it is. And um, like I said, I've always loved, co- I've always loved the coaching aspect. It's why I love football so much. It's mm-hmm. more. It's not about what's going on in the field. It's all. It's the most coaching that there is like baseball. You, you, you can't coach. Yeah. You could teach somebody, but you can't coach them to throw a 95 mile an hour fastball. Yeah. It, it's yeah. all. Re- and you can't coach somebody how to hit a 95 mile. It's all reaction. Yeah. You're right. It's, you it's, have rea- it it's yeah. reacting to it. You know, basketball. Yeah. You can, you can coach, you can draw some stuff up, but when a guy has the ball one-on-one and, there, there, there's no co- there's no coaching to that play. It's one on one that guy against that guy. Mm-hmm. In football, that doesn't happen. It's all about the eleven guys doing what the coach is planning. Right. So I've always loved that aspect. That's what got me into really enjoying the coaching aspect of it. Um, I really enjoyed that, and then. Of course, I went on to play. I played one year in college. Um, I wa- I walked on, and unfortunately, um, like three weeks into the season, I pulled my groin, and I had to. I missed about two weeks of practice. And after 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 watching practice a little bit, and and it, it was it was so different from high school, where. I, I just I just got to the point where I was like, this it's Division three, this this isn't worth it, and it's not worth it's not worth me doing all this effort and to to do, and it was really the fact that the coach the college coach was just the complete opposite of my high school coach, and I was like, it, he's making this not fun. And I want it to be, I want it to be fun. That's how I learned how to coach. And I said, this, I said, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go do my own thing. So when I stopped playing football, I started to realize, you know, the, the better aspects of coaching. And when I got out of high school, I, or when I got out of college, I, I coached at the high school level for, for a couple of years and, I, I, that, that was one thing that I always remembered was if I don't keep this fun, these kids aren't, aren't gonna, they're not going to want to play. Um, so it's always, it's always been, it's always been something that that's been in the back of my mind. And I try to bring that to what I do now. When I analyze a game, I'm analyzing it from the coaches, from the coaches box. I'm not looking at it from, from the players. I'm not looking at it from a fan. I'm looking at it from the from a coach's side of what could they have done differently or what should they do, and I think I, I mean you can, you can tell me I think it comes I think that's how that's how I try to present it and if it comes across that way, awesome. If it doesn't, well, 
That's what I'm trying to do. journalist Chris Dietz will return. This is Revelations. Of course, Steph Curry. Tim Anderson. Jordan Alvarez. And it's caught. Debo Samuel with the catch. Michael Jordan can sense. The throw just got the king. BS3 Network. The hottest of hot takes. The coldest of cold hard facts. This is Snowman in the Morning with Gold Johnson. Weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern. Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. What do you get when you watch or listen to the Life Happens podcast? Well, I'll let them tell you. Kim and I are both ministers of the gospel and Life Happens podcast is... A beautiful balance by simply taking our spirituality with real life and merging it together to create a beautiful balance. And that's what we do. BS3 Network proudly presents Life Happens Podcast, where Christianity and life intersect live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central. You want to watch these interviews commercial free? Well, now you can. Revelations is on Patreon. Become a patron today. Sports journalist and host and producer of the Fifth Down Sports Show, Chris Dietz, is joining me here on Revelations. And we're going to take a hard right turn because normally you would hear bring to light. However, we're going to go in yet another direction. Now, at Right at Home, if I have a guest who happens to have a platform like Mr. Dietz has, I normally try to take whatever some aspect of his show or her show happens to be and put it in here. So, of course, I am always intrigued by the tell us why you're wrong part, and I get why, I understand why. But I, I do want to just simply sit back and just let you just let loose 
on why you believe that LeBron James was wrong in saying that Celtics fans, or it's just not necessarily fans, Boston fans, are racist as F. I will give you the floor. All right. Why he's why why he's wrong? He's wrong first in his he's wrong for so many levels on on that. But you know, is he wrong in the fact that Boston fans are passionate? No, Boston fans are passionate, and I I understand that that he hate that you know he's a but they don't hate him because of the color of his skin. They hate him because of the color of his uniform. If he's, I mean, he comes out and says, well, they're racist. Oh, really? If Boston fans are racist, how come they like Marcus Smart? Right. How come, how come they like, how come they, how come they like, uh, you know, how come they like Jason Tatum? Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. (laughs) Al Horford. Keep going down, keep going down the list. Like you're, they're not racist. They hate you because of the color of your jersey and the fact that, guess what? You play for the LA Lakers, the most, the team the Boston Celtics the hated the most. Yeah, the most hated so team yeah. the Celtics fan would. Yeah, you're gonna get hatred. But then on top of it, you know he doubles down when he's asked, <laughs> "Oh, why are they racist?" And he says, "Well, you know, you're you 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 hear you hear the f bomb and you know you you hear people say." you know, F LeBron and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, have you ever, and I'm like, you're from Ohio. You're not from new England, new England, new Englanders use that language pretty much on the regular. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've said this, I've said this before. There are friends of mine who are some of my best friends mm-hmm. who we greet each other. When we greet each other, we say F you, man. We're like, oh, this effing kid, mm-hmm. and, we, and we, but we don't, you know, it's not, it's not said, it's not said out of like, it, it's just how, it's just how we talk. We, uh, you know, it's how some people talk. Now, should they be using that language in a, you know, in a setting where they're in a public setting? No, <laughs> like it's, it's not. It's it's not respectful, but it happened. It, it's it happens, mm-hmm. and that's not that's not a reason. That's not a reason somebody would be that. But again, using that language on somebody, it's not a racial thing. That has nothing to do with your race. That has that has to do with the the way that the way that those the way that those people express themselves. I mean, you have had. Uh, anybody who's ever been to a Boston, uh, Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees game, <laughs> if you don't hear an f bomb, if you don't hear an f bomb at least twenty times an inning, it, you're you're in the wrong place. Like uh, they 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 do it all the time. They, so uh, you can hear uh, uh, when you watch a Red Sox Yankees game, and they 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 don't mic the crowd up anymore. Because you used to be able to hear it all, you used to be able to hear it, you know, in the background when, when in the old time sport, in the old days of sports media, mm-hmm. when they would, oh, we want to get the crowd reaction. You used to hear it all the time. Yeah, 
and you could hear you could hear them trying to trying to bleep it out, and it's like you're not gonna be able to do it because the whole bleacher section is cheering (laughs) is 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 going back and forth. That's that that's just how that's just how it is, and you know, and I understand LeBron's from Ohio, like, uh, and most people that I know from Ohio, like they they don't they don't talk that way, like they they. When they say that, when they say those words, they, you know, it's usually because somebody's really angry. It, that that's not the case. That's not the case in New England. Like we use that we use that word like like they would just throw it out there, and it happens. Like it happens. Um, so that's the second thing. The third thing, which really upset me, and which really upset me, is the fact that LeBron James. You're a part owner of the Boston Red Sox. Oops. You can't go out and and, and you you just called. Oh, uh, they they didn't ask you. They he said Boston fans. Right. Well, uh, guess what? Over seventy five percent of of people I know that are Boston that are Boston Red Sox fans are also Celtics fans. Mm-hmm. You just called your own fan base racist, and you own part of the company. Like you can't do that. <laughs> That's not a good marketing strategy. Mm-mm. And then you're going to wonder why people hate you. And then you're going to wonder, oh, why people aren't. I mean, it's not going to happen to the Red Sox because you know Red Sox fans love the Red Sox. Right. So it's not like people are going to stop going to Red Sox games. But but people do that. People do this all the time in in every industry. No, I, I mentioned this before. Number one reason why I hate LeBron James opens his mouth when he shouldn't. <laughs> Says something that is completely. I mean, you're you're a Texas. You're you're in Texas. Mm-hmm. When LeBron James came out and said Beta O'Rourke is the best candidate for senator of Texas, and I was like, you live in Ohio, right? You have no idea what Texans want, right? And then Ted Cruz comes in and just crushes him. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what I was like. LeBron, don't open your mouth about things you don't know about. Yeah, you don't live in Texas, so you can't tell you can't tell Texans what what they what they what they're what's going to be best for them. Mm-hmm. Like if you live there, that's a different story, right? You can't go to Texas, tell people tell people how to think, and then get completely blown out of the water. Hmm. That's LeBron for you, though. <laughs> the joy, the joy of LeBron James. Sports journalist, host and producer of the Fit Down Sports Show, and now new YouTuber. I like saying that about you. Chris Dietz, join us here on Revelations. And now it is time for us in the, uh, in the uh, I guess, in the honor of De La Soul for plug tuning. Now, this is where we have the guest plug whatever he or she wants to plug. It doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter how long it is, but they have the opportunity to plug any and everything about them. So, with that being said, 
the floor is yours. Uh, we're uh, we're 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 getting we're trying to get this YouTube thing um, off the ground. Uh, we just started Fit Down, uh, the Fit Down Sports Channel. A lot of things going on. A lot of things going on over there as we try to uh, navigate this world and try to put things together and try to piece videos together and all that. So we're learning. I'm learning on the job. Um, you know, um, I, I know. I know people want to get high production values. Look, if I turn my computer on and it turns on, it's a good day. Like. I know nothing about computers, so I'm learning how to do this stuff on the fly. Um, so we're going to be putting out a lot of videos, um, a lot of stuff. We're going to be doing our shows over there. So definitely go over to YouTube, go over to Fit Down Sport, Fit Down Sports. Probably changing to Fit Down Media um, soon because we're going to talk about a lot more than sports over there. Um, and. Uh, so we're gonna be get we're gonna be getting that, but go on, go to our our show, uh, like our videos, um, you know, slam slam that slam that subscribe, you know. Um, eventually, we want to get to a point where we can get we get we get enough subscriptions. We can we can do a lot. We can do a lot of stuff. We can bring guests on. We can we can start making some money off. We can start getting some money off YouTube. So. The more the more people we have, the merrier, and that's kind of why that's kind of why I was looking at this platform. Um, but we, yeah, we we have our YouTube, we have a Spotify page, we have Facebook, any any of those, any of those are support. I mean, and uh, I was I was trying to say this for people the other day, you know. I don't, I don't do this. I don't do this because I make money. I, I work. I work. I work for a living. I do this. I do this stuff for fun because it's fun for me. So, and you know, if if we if anything we can make money off, by all means, like I, I love it. But if anybody wants to, if anybody wants to take take this and run it on their networks, I'm I'm all I'm all for it. Like. Take my take my show, put it on your network, let it run. Um, we'll see what happens. So that's that's what we're doing here. That's the reason we do the reason the reason I do this is just because it's fun. It has nothing to do with anything else. Mm-hmm. And I will only do it if it's fun. Like obviously, if I, obviously if you if if anybody wants to give me money, I'm never going to turn it down. But. I'm never gonna. I'm never, never gonna be. Oh, I'm gonna say this just so I can get views and just so I can get money. That's not how we work. I'm gonna say what I think. I'm gonna say what I think, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say exactly what I want to say. And again, if you don't like it, tell me you don't like it. Again, the the, the best line we can come up with. Tell me why you're wrong. I love hearing why. I love hearing the other side. I don't. I, I don't care if I'm right. I care about I care about why you think that way. Why the best conversations I've had with people are people that don't agree with me because I get to see it from your point of view. So I I urge people out there if you if you hear something you don't agree with, 
by all means, engage. Engage with the other people. See what the other side's saying. And that's one of the reasons I I implore people to, if you don't like what, if, if I say something you don't like, by all means, call the show. Call the show. Get in touch with me. I will have the conversation with you. Because that's what this is. That's what this show is about. It's not about making money. This show is about having discussions and getting discussions out there. So that's what we're doing. That's what the YouTube channel is all about. And if there's any other ways, if you know, if, if anybody knows any other ways to get get it, get the thing out there, I'll, I'll do that too. You know. So that's what that's what I'm working on. Well, I totally appreciate you, man. Uh, everything you do, uh, your, your passion and uh, your and, and the way you attack journalism, I will always respect and I'll always appreciate. And uh, yeah, whenever you feel as though you need to let loose, I will roll the red carpet to you to come back here. with a double-edged sword in society. On one hand, if we emotionally agree with it, we embrace it. If we emotionally disagree with it, we vehemently fight against it. The number one rule of journalism is to represent the truth, no matter how popular or unpopular it may be, because you're presenting something that's needed. In a nutshell, that's Chris Dietz. The Bible says, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. No matter the lane, entertainment, business, politics, or sports, people today want things to sound good to them. Chris Dietz is a reminder that truth, even in today's landscape, has its place. That place is breaking down walls and leaping over barriers. Here's the truth, and here's to Dietz. Many thanks to Chris Dietz for joining us here on Revelations. And why don't you join us every Tuesday on YouTube where you will see a different person sitting in the guest chair being interviewed by me each week. For changing the world one conversation at a time. I'm Cole Johnson, and this has been Revelations. Thank you for tuning in to Revelations. To download this episode, go to Acast and type Revelations. For apparel, go to Spring and type Revelations. Music by Lakey Inspired. Music.